everyone. Welcome to the Roto Grinders Morning Grind Podcast. I'm your host, CBTPFL. It is Thursday. It's April 21st. It is 2022. We have seven MLB games to talk about here on today's slate. I'm joined by my buddy for the second straight day, Keith Eister. Eyes 819. What's happening, my friend? Yeah, not much. Good to be back. Um, get to talk a little day baseball again as well. That's that's always fun. Um, I'm out here in Arizona Pacific time now, so these early slates make it a pretty early morning for me, but excited to get rolling. Uh, pretty decent slate on tap. Yeah, I mean, what is it? A 10 o'clock start for you? Three yeah. hours? Yeah, yeah three hours. Sweet. <laughs> yep. You get to roll out of bed. Make, make some lineups. Sh- and- make some lineups and then... <laughs> eat some cereal and watch baseball what's wrong with that Um, right (laughs) uh anyway but yeah we're going to talk about the seven game early slate there's a three game late slate we're going to bypass that one today and just kind of focus on this early one so we're going to jump right in we get started here chicago white Sox at cleveland taking on the guardians it's it's still like so hard for me to remember um (laughs) eight and a half run total in this game and the White Sox, a 139 favorite. We got Dylan Seas going up against Zach Plezek. Uh, any interest here in Dylan Seas? Yeah, I think he's the top pitcher on the slate. Um, he's up over 10K. Don't see that a ton, but he has deserved that. Um, 30, over 30% K rate last year. Uh, Cleveland's been good on offense to start start the year, but uh, I think there's he has the highest upside of anybody on the slate. Um Carrasco is probably in the conversation as well, but uh, I think I think Cease is the guy you're looking to here. Yeah, and you know something to kind of note here is Keiko got rocked. He, he got rocked yeah. uh, on Wednesday. So I mean Banks and they had to use the bullpen quite a bit. They had three guys that threw. I think uh, oh no, because Foster only threw one inning, but they had to use the bullpen enough that if they can get. Dylan sees to go in like the seventh inning here. I, I think that's huge for them. I, I think his leash might be like 95 to 105 instead of on the low end of 90 here, because I mean, you don't think about it, but when you're playing a week straight and you have to use the bullpen as heavy as they had to use it yesterday, luckily banks got four innings for them, but still, um, I mean, their long reliever guide. I mean, he needs a couple days now. So, um, I think it's just something to kind of add to the to the overall upside. Plus, Dylan sees plays disc golf, so he's already you know awesome. So, <laughs> you know, the other side of this one, Zach Plezik. I mean, I don't think he's terrible. Just overall, it, it's just he's not a big strikeout guy, and the White Sox are not a big strikeout team. So, eighty three hundred. I think I need more upside, even on a seven game slate, than Zach Plesic today. Yeah, I agree with you. This White Sox team is not a team I want to target, and especially with a guy that has a, a K rate K rate below twenty percent. So, I just I don't think that I will be going here at all. The White Sox lineup is a little bit banged up. Uh, obviously, the day game after a night game, we see some weird lineups usually anyway, but. Jimenez has been banged up. Pollock's on the IL, obviously. So they're missing a couple pieces, but uh, still just no interest in police act with that low K rate. Um, bats here, you know, looking at the White Sox bats against Plezik. I mean, I don't mind Sheets. I think he's someone that, you know, makes a little bit of sense here. Really big power numbers against Raina pitching. 
Um, you can always, I think you can always take shots on like Grandal. Um, it is a day game, so I don't know if Grandal will be back in the lineup or not. So that's something to just kind of know. But with the DH, I mean, Abreu's there though, so who knows? But um, I think she- Sheets is, you know, someone that's playable. He's at 4K. I don't want to go too crazy here because Plezik is someone that does give up hard contact, but it's not like he gives up a ton of home runs. So, um, I mean, I, I, maybe they are more in play than I – like, I think I'm talking myself into them more and more as I, like, look at the, like, numbers. I don't mind targeting Plezik, but the, the White Sox are expensive. So that's kind of my issue yeah. with it. Like, like Robert's up at 6K. Anderson's right there at 5,900. Andrew Vaughn at 5,400. Like – I don't know that I can get to any of those three. Abreu would probably be my preferred option at 5,100. Like that seems about right against Plesak. Plesak will give up hard contact at both sides of the plate too. So I think Abreu would be my my preferred play. Jake Berger is the other one. Uh, he's off to a hot start. He's only 3,700. Uh, I don't mind him. Uh, and then if they do the backup catcher thing, Reese McGuire's 3K for a cheap catcher. But yeah, I'm, I'm not terribly interested in the full stack just because of the pricing here. Yeah, so maybe you go like a Brayu Sheets, Grandal, Burger, or something like that, and do like a little four-man stack. Yep, I'd be good. Uh, with that. On the Cleveland side, I mean, I don't have really any interest in Cleveland in this spot. I know they just absolutely crushed Keuchel, but Keuchel, Keuchel is someone you can definitely pick on. Dylan Cease is not. He's a he's a really good pitcher just in general. I, I mean, you can always make an argument for Jose Ramirez, but he's not really getting a discounted price for facing an elite pitcher here. So I don't see myself ending up playing him as like a one-off in this spot. Yeah. I mean, I don't think there's a reason to target the best pitcher on the slate. So um, Ramirez as a one-off is the only thing I would even consider and he's priced appropriately. So not much interest there either. All right. Rolling along here. We got San Francisco going up against the Mets this game currently at a seven and a half total the Mets a 130 favorite we got Anthony Descalfani against Carlos Carrasco uh let's start here with Descalfani I mean 64 and 74 pitches he struggled in both outings so far the command hasn't looked great um he did in his last start against Cleveland he went four and two-thirds and kind of got in trouble there at the end and got yanked but he was throwing more strikes in that start. Um, any interest here in Descafani? Not really, no. Um, Leash doesn't seem to be there. He he hasn't been over 80 pitches. Uh, and that like this the K rate isn't there. Obviously a good po- ballpark in City Field, but tough Mets offense. So I don't think this is a spot. There's a couple of pitchers in this 8K range that I prefer over him and and even one down the board a little bit, but so because we have those other values, I don't think you'll need to target that discipline on here. Yeah, and I think I think they can throw enough lefties at him too to kind of make it tough to pay 8K for him. The pitch count thing um, obviously becomes an issue as well, especially kind of at his price. He's 8K. It's not like he's 6K. And, you know, then the conversation is, I think, different. Um, but I just – I worry about the overall upside. Carlos Carrasco on the other side of this game – has kind of had reverse splits dating back to last year. We didn't see him a lot last year, but he is throwing like this changeup, like fastball mix instead of using his slider against lefties. And we saw him just kind of eliminate power against lefties last year. 
I still don't know if I want to pay 9,800 for Carrasco. The ballpark's fantastic. Don't get me wrong. Pitches, you know, something that I'm a little worried about, but I mean, there's a good chance that he sees like five, six lefties in this lineup. And I still think that's enough where I don't want to trust like a very small sample size for him because I mean, if we look throughout his career, he has not been like a reverse splits guy. So uh, I think we see him get more neutral splits back this season. Yeah. When I first saw his price tag, I was not interested at all. I I dug into his numbers a little bit. His K rate has been over 33%. I mean, I know it's two starts. He's been really good. That's the only reason I'm even considering him here because there, there are two other guys right below him that, that I have interest in. Um, so I, if I'm spending up, he's probably like the fourth option. I just don't know how much of him I'm going to get to. I'm curious now I'm pulling up. I'm, I'm more curious just kind of what, cause he is like his strike rate, like you said, is up, um, a little bit. So I'm just really quickly, cause I kind of know where to look really fast. I'm just more interested in like velocity numbers and see if like, there's a little, maybe a little bit more velocity for him. Yeah. This is a guy that who dealt with injuries for several years. Um, and he was only, he was in the low twenties in the K rate on the K rate last year, but he looks like a little bit of a different pitcher here. So maybe that price is justified, but like I said, there's three other guys up in this top range too. His velocity is actually down. Um, so I don't know. I don't know. Maybe, Dude, you look at it and, like, you, you look at, like, the advanced stacks here and, like, those two outings, like the Washington outing, he had a 57% hard hit rate um, in that game. He had eight hard hit balls in 14, like, events. That's kind of scary. <laughs> that's, I'm not yeah, that lie. screams regression for sure. <laughs> um, so, I mean, I love looking into this kind of stuff because, all right, well, let's, you know, the conversation, it's a smaller slate, but, I, I mean – through two starts so far, he has a 174 Babbitt. Um, everything that I'm looking at here just screams massive regression. Um, you know, Sierra numbers, XFIT numbers, all that stuff just screams re- regression. And like, I might actually have some interest in San Francisco bats if if they're going to be loaned in this spot because I, mean, I, I love playing that like regression game. Um, you know, it's something that we you know, in DFS, you're always looking for an edge always. And if, if he's going to be, even if he's going to be looked at a little bit, San Francisco outside of Brandon Bell is cheap. So I want to look at the ownership here. Cause if they're going to be low owned, I might play that regression game and stack the giants. I don't think I would fully stack them because of the ballpark, but I could definitely see using like three cheap San Francisco bats like Jock Peterson. He's 3,100. He's a guy that can hit a ball out of any ballpark. And if the hard number, hard hit numbers are really that high, he's off to a really good start, kind of sneakily home runs in three of his last five games here. So, I mean, Jock, obviously at 3,100, is, is super interesting in this spot, depending on what kind of ownership we're looking at here for the Giants. Yeah, some really good stuff there. Great points. Yastrzemski um, is the other one I'll, I'll throw out. He got off to a slow start, but he did have two hits last night. So maybe he's turning it around a little bit. He's 4,100. I wouldn't mind a shot on him as well. Kind of same thought process as Jock there. Uh, any interest in the Mets bats here? Yeah, for sure. Um, the top is pricey. Probably not going to go to 5,900 for Marte. Lindor at 5,700 is fine. Um, I like Pete Alonzo. Di Scalfani gives up more power to the left side, but 
I mean, it's Pete Alonzo. He's always got power. Brandon Nimmo is the one I really like here. 3,900. Um, Jeff McNeil or yep. Robinson Cano, depending on what the lineup looks here, looks like here, but there's some cheap lefties in here. This is a pretty easy stack to get. Um, like you said, there's going to be a lot of lefties in this lineup against Disclafani. Uh, I think it's a pretty good stack. I really like the pricing on Nimmo and McNeil. Um, assuming that McNeil will be back in the lineup hitting towards the top of the order. Um, he's just someone that's like consistently putting the ball in play and Desclafani. I, I, I mean, his numbers, last year were a little bit better against lefties, but throughout his career, he's always been very splits, like struggles against left-handed hitters. So, I mean, Nemo and McNeil, like a one-two punch here. And then maybe, maybe you do spend up a little bit and get like Lindor because just looking at the shortstop slate in general, the top three, four guys are really strong and then it kind of drops off a little bit. So I think at shortstop, you're either paying up or paying down. Um, but I think there is some opportunity costs at shortstop today. Cause there's not right now. There's no like cheap sort shortstop. That's like standing out to me as someone that could put up 20 where some of these guys can put up 20 plus. So maybe I get Lindor as like a three man and it kind of equals out with these two cheap Sam or two cheap guys towards the top of the order. So I mean, I want to attack Descafani with lefties. So, um, I mean, I don't even – if this was in a different ballpark, we would definitely be looking at, like, full-on stacking this team. But, yeah, it's just really hard. It's really hard at this ballpark to, like, fully stack either one of these teams. It has one of the lowest totals on the slate, even though it's two okay pitchers. Um, they're not terrible. They're okay pitchers. Two pitchers that were really good, like – four or five years ago so anyway we got the yankees at the tigers facing off in this one eight and a half total jordan montgomery michael pineda um yankees a 170 favorite here so let's start with jordan montgomery 6900 this would be his third start 58 and 71 pitches in his first two games it seems like Jordan Montgomery is someone that has kids gloves all the time as far as like pitch count goes. And on paper, even though this is going to be like a very right-handed heavy lineup, it's not like it's a very good right-handed heavy lineup. Uh, I mean, Grossman, Scope, Reyes are good, like good, but like this lineup's not great against lefties. So I think, I think if you're playing large field tournaments at 6,900, you could do worse um, on this slate. So I think he's just kind of in play. I'll be honest with you. I'm looking at Cease and Blackburn in, in like my main builds today, and we'll get to Blackburn there when we in a few, but that's going to be like my, my staples. And it's not even like Blackburn has a big pitch count. So, you know, as a tournament pivot, taking a shot on Montgomery, I don't think is the craziest thing today. Yeah, it's the price. I think at that price tag, um, he, he did get the K rate up to 24% last year. It's been a little bit below that early, early on this year, but he's just getting ramped up. Um, I think he's definitely in play here. This, this Detroit lineup, Javi Baez being on the big on the IL is a pretty big deal. Um, just a weak lineup. I think Montgomery is a talented pitcher. doesn't have a ton of K upside, but it's, it was an above average rate last year. Um, and the price tag is, is fine. So I, I think he's definitely in play. 
Uh, the other side, I mean, I'm not going to play many pitchers against the Yankees this season. I'm definitely not going to play Michael Pineda in his first start after missing most of spring training because of visa issues. We expect him, the report was 70-ish pitches in this start. So I definitely don't want to play Michael Pineda <laughs> at 70-ish pitches going up against the Yankees. Yeah, no thanks. I'm I'm out. He's cheap, but uh, he should be cheaper. <laughs> yeah, I mean Montgomery is pretty much the same price, so I, I'm definitely playing Montgomery ten out of ten times there. Um, yep. Michael Pineda is a guy like you know early in his career, he had big strikeout stuff, but it it really has dipped, and the hard hits have been plentiful here. So, I mean, the Yankees are one of the top stacks on the slates. It's just you're gonna pay for them, and, and like. Okay, you're gonna pay for them, but they're not like in the high five Ks. So like, you're you know, judges at fifty two, but the rest of the stack, Anthony Rizzo might be the most mispriced pit hitter on the slate um, at forty two or forty three hundred. So I'm guessing you're with me on liking the Yankees here. Yeah, absolutely. And Rizzo jumped off the page for me too. The other one that jumps off the page is Joey Gallo. He oh I baby, I just it, saw it. Like it's been a rough go, but man, thirty five hundred for Joey Joey Gallo against Michael Pineda. Come on, this is this is the get right spot of all get right spots for Gallo. I always build a lineup as we're like going and then make it my placeholder lineup, and I instantly plugged in Rizzo and Gallo. They're just th- those prices are just ridiculous. Um, yep. like Gallo, yeah, yeah, he's. He's batting 121. Joey Gallo has the power to hit two home runs in any matchup. So, I mean, a, a guy like Pineda who accidentally leaves fastballs over the middle of the plate every once in a while, and by every once in a while, a lot. Um, Gallo just – he jumps off the page here, like you said, as a get-right spot. And the thing about, like, Pineda, too, is you know what you're getting. You're getting fastball change-ups. And he uses his slider a lot more against righties, but – you know what you're getting against Michael Pineda. So you kind of tee off on that fastball. And that's kind of one of the reasons that we saw him go so downhill after the first couple of years of his career. So uh, Detroit bats, anything standing out to you for Detroit? No, I don't have a ton of interest here. I think Montgomery is a pretty good pitcher. The Yankees bullpen is, is elite. Um, never a team I, I like to target. So um, even like a one-off power, Haas still has, catcher eligibility so i don't mind that at 3600 he's got some power you could talk me into cabrera but there's there's some opportunity costs there at first base but i would just be hunting a home run here yeah i mean miggy is one hit away from 3000 and i think that's super cool he's had he's dealt with so many injuries throughout his career and he's always been just a consistent hitter um power numbers have definitely dipped for him but i mean i want to see him hit 3000 Cause I don't know. Do they go on the road after this? I, I would love to see him hit 3000 in Detroit. Just, I mean, they've stuck with him through all the injuries and through everything. So um, would just be uh, as a baseball fan, it would just be cool. Um, I'm looking now cause yeah. I'm super curious. So no, so they're at home against Colorado. So he should get 3000 at home. So that's really cool. Um, I think that's it. Let's move on to the next one here. We got Toronto at Boston. Nine total in this game. Kevin Gaussman, Tanner Hook. Um, Blue Jays a slight favorite on most books here. Let's start with Kevin Gaussman. Um, keep waiting for the Red Sox like lineup to wake up and 
they're just kind of struggling. Gaussman's 8,900. Gaussman's a guy that can produce strikeouts in bunches. Um, and he's a guy that, you know, typically will generate some ground balls. Any interest in taking the risk here on Gaussman going up against the Sox? I do. Yeah. Um, I think he's a little bit underpriced for that strikeout upside. It, it's a very high risk spot. Obviously Boston has a ton of power, great ballpark he's going into for power, but it's the strikeout upside that I'll be chasing here. Um, I would definitely rather play him over Carrasco. Uh, I think he you pair him with cease. That's, that's a pretty nice pairing in my opinion. Yeah, almost a 30% K rate since the start of last season. And as good as the Red Sox lineup is, there's a lot of strikeouts here. Sorry, 26% Dahlback, 35. Uh, Jackie Bradley Jr. that is in there. He's a 30% guy. JD's a 26 guy. Devers is a 30 or 25% guy. And um, we'll have to see because like this lineup could be without JD Martinez. Um he left Wednesday's game. I don't remember which inning it was, but um, I would highly doubt that he plays. And I don't, I don't think him or Springer play in this game for what it's worth. So, um, I mean, it helps a little bit as far as just the overall lineup. Then you probably do get Jackie Bradley Jr. in there that has that big strikeout rate. So, um, I, I think he's in play for large field tournaments. He's a good pivot off of Blackburn, who we're going to talk about here in a couple games going up against Baltimore. So. Um, Tanner Houch is another guy that like can strike people out. It's just the Toronto lineup. It's just not a team that strikes out a ton and they have a ton of power. So they're a tough team to play pitchers against. It's just, this is a guy that I think quietly on smaller slates this year and better matchups that we'll actually be talking about because he has shown like a 30% K rate now for not a huge sample, but you know, we're getting into, 280 plate appearances now and the strikeout rate seems to be there. So I just don't love the matchup. Yeah. I'll be really interested to see this Toronto lineup though, because you mentioned Springer leaving the game early. I kind of doubt he plays. If yeah. they rest Guerrero or Bichette, there's not a whole lot left here. Um still on the IL. I mean, it, and so if one of those big two bats, like I kind of want Chapman in there because he has such a high strikeout rate. Um, there's a lot of strikeouts in the bottom of the, the order. Like Zach Collins has been doing some DHing for him, a huge K rate guy. Um, I, I think if I'm going cheap, I would go Hauk over Montgomery. Yeah. I mean, their next day off is like, I think, um, cause they play, cause I know the Sox go there Monday because all that stuff, like traveling to Toronto and there was some unvaccinated players came out. And that's the only reason I know, um, like the Blue Jays play, I think until like the follow, like May 2nd, I think is their next day off. So don't be surprised. No, they play May 2nd too. So the Blue Jays are going to go on like a really long stretch here. So don't be surprised if we see them. I wouldn't even say rest players, but just not see like guys, um, in lineups here. Um, you know, and it's a day game after night game. So there's potential there for someone to sit. So I, I, I mean, maybe we, maybe I like instantly like wrote them off too fast, but you know, no Springer obviously already is a big bump. Uh, the bottom right. of this order that is not great. So maybe he is in play, but uh, as far as bats here, I mean, I like Vlad. I like Bichette. It's just, I don't know if I like them as much as some of these other guys on this slate, like Rizzo is $1,600 cheaper than Vlad. And I think he's in a better matchup. Like, Tanner Houck is a guy that 
0.081 ISO against righties since the start of last season. So I don't know how much I'll be stacking Toronto in this spot, especially at these prices. Yeah. I mean, Toronto and Fenway, you'd think, I mean, they were, they were chalked last night and rightfully so against Pavetta. Um, I, I don't think that I'll be on them today. Uh, I think Hauk is a good pitcher. This lineup is missing some guys. It's, it's just not a, an attractive stack. Like I don't mind hunting a home run. You mentioned that ISO to righties, though. So even though it's a great home run park for righty power, I don't know. I, I just I don't have as very much interest in Toronto. I will say this. Zach Collins was out of the lineup on Wednesday. He is 2,700, and there's a good chance that he hits like fourth or fifth in this game without Springer. Um, so at that price, at a catcher who's started the season off strong, I don't mind playing him as a one-off but he's probably going to be pretty popular too. So, yeah, I think, I think he will. And Tapia at 3,200 will definitely be in play too. He, he probably moves up the order a little bit here. Uh, he hit a home run last night. So yeah. Don't chase those home runs. <laughs> yeah. Right. <laughs> yeah. I'm just saying this dude has a 113 ISO. So if he's going to be in like a 60% ground ball rate, like it was, a, we talked about Pavetta yesterday on the podcast about how much he throws fly balls. And it, it wasn't shocking that a massive ground ball guy, like Tapia hit a home run off of him. So just saying. Um, any interest here in the Boston bats? Um, not really. I, th- I think I'm going to be playing more, more Gaussman. Um, they're, they're expensive. I, I have a lot of respect for Gaussman as a pitcher. Um, probably just won't get to a ton of them. Verdugo at 3,900, I think it would be the target. He seems underpriced. Uh, Dahlbeck, if you're chasing a, a cheap home run, I don't mind that. Feels weird not to ha- want more exposure to this game. Um, right. I, I mean, just in general for me. So, on paper, this game is like one of those. You know, it's kind of juicy, but it's also like the pricing is kind of there, and you know the pitching just has been so dominant this year that you kind of want to pay up the pitching, and you don't necessarily want to target these guys. I don't know. Anyway. Moving on, we got Minnesota going up against Kansas City. This game currently at an eight and a half total. Joe Ryan, Zach Granke, Minnesota, one twenty-five favorite. If you're in a legal state, go pound that um, minus one twenty-five. Minnesota should be one fifty to one seventy-five in my opinion in this game. Um, I mean, Joe Ryan, ninety-three hundred. He's another guy that's kind of in this range that. If he is getting a bump, he got 12-pitch bump from start one to start two. If we're looking at him potentially getting another, just let's say eight. Let's say he gets to 90 pitches in this game. The Kansas City lineup is one of the worst lineups in baseball right now. Um, I think Joe Ryan is another guy that, like, if we're going to continue to prioritize pitching, I think Joe Ryan is someone we can look at here. Yeah, I absolutely love Joe Ryan. I think he is a, an incredibly talented pitcher. Um, Tampa Bay usually does really well in trades. They, they flipped him for Nelly Cruz, um, and it looks like Minnesota got plenty of value for Nelly Cruz. Like Joe Ryan looks like he's going to be to be very good. Um, <laughs> it just they, tells you how strong the Tampa farm system is if they're okay with like moving Joe Ryan. Yeah, yeah. It, it's incredible the, the talent they just keep churning out down there. Um, but yeah, Ryan has that K rate up around 30%. This Kansas city offense, I think is going to be a lot higher strikeout than we're used to. Um, I, I absolutely love Joe Ryan here. 
yeah, I mean, this guy has a really live fastball, um, good command, good slider. Like, I'm in. Uh, I mean, he's another guy. Like, he's another guy that I'm interested in. Um, I mean, the XFIP numbers scare me a little bit, but let's see a larger sample size before I get into that too much. So, I, I mean, Zach Ranky on the other side, I have zero interest in Zach Ranky. Um, Zach Ranky is just not Zach Ranky, and like the the reason that this line is the where it, where the where it's at is because Zach Ranky is still a name, um, but. <sighs> This is this, this line's crazy to me. It really is. Like maybe I'm overlooking something, but Twins minus 125 here just seems like a a great bet. But anyway, um, I don't have any interest in Zach Ranky. Do you? I do not. No, he he is really cheap, but there's just there's no strikeouts from him. Um, so nope, no thanks. Yeah, no thanks indeed. <laughs> uh, as far as the Minnesota bats go, I mean, here we go again. You know, they're probably going to be a team that is looked at. I mean, Granky, you know, start of last season till now has just been awful against righties. Um, and there's a lot of cheap right-handed bats here for Minnesota. So I don't even think you have to look necessarily at just righties. I think you can kind of platoon, but he has done a great job of generating ground balls with that changeup against lefties. It just hasn't worked against righties. So I, I like the righties in this spot more than the lefties, but I mean, they're too cheap again. Yeah, they're too cheap again. If they're going to be chalk again, though, I, I'll probably be underweight on them. Um, Grinky just has really good control. Uh, he just doesn't seem to get blown up. I, I don't know. I Minnesota, I, I've struggled with, but th- like this pricing is clear. They're clearly underpriced, but I don't know that the upside's here again against Grinky. So I'll, I'll be underweight if they're chalky. I mean, Grinky's going to go out through 85 pitches, going to generate six to 10 ground balls. He's going to give up a couple of runs and, you know, he's going to call it a day. So yep. I, I mean, the, I think the biggest difference here for Granky than a couple of his other starts is like Polanco, Garlic, Sanchez, Sano, Jeffers, like they're all fly ball hitters. So when you get a ground ball guy going up against a bunch of fly ball hitters, it's where it becomes a lot more interesting. Um, so, I mean, I like Minnesota definitely want to look at their ownership, but, yeah, they're they're cheap. Here we, like I said, here we go again. Um, they're cheap. So, all right, looking at the other side, the Kansas City side. I mean, you can always pay up for Salvador Perez at catcher to be different. The guy is just he's a hit hitting machine. I think is the best way to to say it. Um, any interest here in Kansas City? Not a ton. They're, they're cheap as well. Um, outside of Sal Perez and, and Whit Merrifield's way up there, but uh, I'd be looking at the, the cheap value guys to kind of pivot off of some of the Minnesota stuff. Um, Bobby Witt Jr. or Hunter Dozier would be the first two options, but I think Ryan's a good pitcher. I'm, I'm not going to stack against him. I think the only way that you're potentially looking at a stack against him is if he becomes popular, like if he's chalky on this slate or something. Um, then you're, I mean, you could you could dumpster dive a Kansas city stack with like a Yankee stack or something to make your Yankee stacks different. So yeah, it'll be interesting to see if people are willing to go Gaussman against Boston or if they're not, then I think that, that Ryan might pick up some ownership, but uh, it's we'll interesting to, we'll too, because I mean, day baseball, we usually see a little bit smaller contests too. 
Um, and you get a, you know, a different crowd in day baseball games. So ownership will be really interesting to kind of look at before the slate gets kicked off. All right, moving on. We got Baltimore at Oakland. This game is currently at seven and a half. And we got Tyler Wells going up against Paul Blackburn, Oakland, a 130 favorite here. Uh, any interest here in Tyler Wells? I mean, he's really cheap. I would play him ahead of Zach Grinke, but just since he's moved into the rotation, he hasn't maintained his K rate from last year was the biggest thing that I noticed. Um, he was up at 29% out of the bullpen last year. That's obviously really good, but as a starter, and it's only been two starts, but 18 and a half percent. Oakland has some strikeout potential for sure. I just, I don't know if we're going to need to punt on, on this slate. Um, I think like Montgomery um, or who was, who was the other guy in that? Uh, cheap range. How I think Montgomery or how provide plenty of value. I don't think you need to go all the way down to Wells. Yeah, I mean, I was looking at it before we got started, and they that Tampa game, the first game of the season for him, they're really quick to yank him. Um, so and he got into trouble, and he was like ten batters into the game, and they're like, "You're you're done." Um, so he threw sixty four pitches against the Yankees in his next start in four innings. I just the walks are concerning. The pitch count is super concerning. I would rather take a pitcher in maybe a tougher matchup that's going to throw 90 pitches than a guy that probably maxing out at 70, 75 pitches here. So not really interested in Tyler Wells. The matchup is fine. Um, Oakland, there's a lot of strikeouts in this lineup. It's just maybe he is a tournament play, but I I don't know. I don't know if I can pull the trigger, but uh Paul Blackburn on the other side. I mean, when I initially looked at this slate, I really like Blackburn. But the more I look at this slate, I really like Ryan and Galsman, I think, more. Um, I kind of have, like, shifted gears, very like, really quick here. Um, so, I mean, it, it's interesting because matchups don't get much better than facing Baltimore. Um, and he struggled with strikeouts last season. But he's definitely, you know, 10Ks in 10 innings this season, and he faced Tampa and Toronto. So this is going to be one of the best matchups he's had all year. The strikeout stuff looks a little bit better. The pitch count is something that's a little concerning. I think his max probably around 80, 85, but he got in trouble in that last inning against Toronto before they yanked him. So um, any interest here in Blackburn? Man, I, I was waiting to hear your pitch on this one because when I saw that price tag, I was like, I know it's Baltimore, but I don't know. I can't pay 8600 for Paul Blackburn. Um, you're right, though. The strikeouts have been up this year. Uh, I don't know if that's that's going to continue, but it's not like he had great matchups. So maybe he found something over the offseason. Uh, I need to look into velocity and numbers on him. Maybe he found a couple miles an hour or something like that. He's he's averaging 92 on his fastball. Let's look at him last year. He didn't pitch a ton last year either. Um, hold on. So last year, he 160 batters, and his velocity was about 90 on average. So he's throwing about two, two, two and a half miles an hour faster on average to start the season this year. All right. Fair enough. I mean, that's a, that's a pretty big deal. Like anytime but I you think re really quick, I didn't mean to interrupt you, but I think the biggest thing is like the curveball velocity is like almost three mile an hour faster than it was um, last year. Yeah. That, that's a significant jump. Um, Alex Cobb is the one that comes to mind. Um, just like you saw him come out and strike out 10 in the, in the first 
start of the season. And anytime you see a, a jump like that in velocity, like we need to consider these guys different pitchers than we have in the past. So um, I wasn't on him at all. I, I don't think he'll be very owned despite the matchup. So it might be um, a good idea to look into it a little bit more and maybe, maybe take a shot in tournaments. See, I'll, honestly, like as much as I like Ryan now, if Ryan's going to be the chalkier, the two or Gallusman, like, Honest, I'm okay with playing any of those three guys with C's. I, I, you know, most of my builds, I think I want to pay up at pitching today just because, I mean, the home run numbers are down just in general this season to start of the year. But I think if you wanted to pair C's with the lower owned of Ryan Galsman and Blackburner, I don't have a problem with any of those three guys on the slate. And it just, it kind of reaffers to me that like, maybe I'm really just not looking at Carrasco on the slate. Yeah, that, that's a good point. This is actually a sneaky good pitching slate. Like, there aren't a lot of big names, but there, there's some talented pitching here for sure. I mean, even if the Toronto lineup is bad, Tanner Hulk is someone that kind of becomes interesting. So, yeah, it's a it's an interesting slate for pitching for sure. Uh, let's talk bats here. Anything standing out to you for Baltimore going up against Blackburn? I mean, I'm, I'm definitely willing to take a shot at these prices just in case that, that – K rate comes back down to earth. Blackburn doesn't have a, a terribly long leash anyway. I think he was in, in the low seventies in both of his starts. Um, and the Oakland bullpen is really bad. Obviously this is not a, a great park for offense and this is a really bad offense, but um, seven game slate. They're all like Mullins is 4k. That's too cheap for, for Cedric Mullins. I, I know it's a, a very good um, pitchers park, but he's a little bit underpriced. And then everybody else is, like 3,100 Mount Castle, the rest are 2K. So it's a super cheap stack. I don't mind. I probably won't full stack them, but like a three-man to make um, some expensive hitters to pair with my expensive pitching, I think uh, I, I will be in on some of that. Yeah, so the thing about like not stacking them here, kind of what you were saying, is like even throughout this guy's career, he's more much more of a ground ball guy. He has a really low home run to fly ball ratio type stuff, doesn't give up a ton of hard contact. Um, so even when he hasn't shown like big strikeout stuff, he's shown the ability to limit damage. So I hate stacking against guys that typically don't get blown up. So I don't mind one-offs here from Baltimore, Santander, super cheap, um, Mancini for the talent, 2,400 is still really cheap. So I don't mind one-offs here, um, but I don't think I'd stack. And then on the Oakland side, I don't know. I, this is a young pitcher that they've already shown, like, if he gets in trouble, you're going to get bullpen. And let's be honest, this bullpen kind of stinks. Um, so I don't know if I'd fully stack Oakland here. But again, like, this is another team that's cheap. So maybe I look at Oakland as, like, a, a two- or three-man stack to lock in my two expensive pitchers and still – I mean, at the end of the day, I want the Yankees. You know, the more and more we go through this slate, the more and more, like – how do I get the Yankees on this slate? Yeah, I think getting the cheap pieces to fit in, like we want expensive pitching here and we want to pay out for the Yankees or um, I guess we didn't have a ton of interest in that Toronto-Boston game. The White Sox, I wouldn't mind paying up for, but I think uh, like to get an expensive stack like that, there's going to be some very important value bats and, and getting the right guys out of whether it's Oakland or Baltimore or Minnesota or Kansas City, like those cheap bats are going to be very important. Yeah, I mean, like Tony Kemp, 3,600. He should hit leadoff in this game. Um, Seth Brown, 
my dude had a, a really solid game um, after we talked about him yesterday, and that that's that game kind of moved off the slate, so it really didn't matter as far as like DFS goes, unless you played on Fanduel and you probably didn't need the value on Fanduel because there's so much. So um, all of that is kind of minute, but yeah, I mean there there's cheap there's cheap bats in this game, um, both sides of this game. So if you are wanting to use this game to kind of get up to the Yankees, I mean there's plenty of ways to do it, but. The more, like I said, the more I, more I, we go on this slate, the more and more I, I just, how can I get the Yankees? All right, we finish it out, though, with Arizona at Washington. This game currently sitting at eight. Almost some books have it eight and a half. Some books have it at nine. Um, Washington's a slight favorite here at 132. We got Zach Davies going up against Josh Rogers. Uh, any interest here in Zach Davies? Uh, no, no interest in Zach Davies. No strikeout ability. Gives up way too much hard contact. No thanks. Yeah, I don't. I don't have any interest in Zach Davies like at all. And then, I mean, Josh Rogers on the other side of this game. I want to see the lineup because Josh Rogers stinks against righties. Uh, I mean, the, like, I'm not going to sugarcoat it. He stinks against righties, but he's actually in a very small sample size, been really good against lefties. So I don't know how many righties Arizona can get in there. Ah, okay. Listen, I'm not playing Josh Rogers, 7,300. I didn't even look at his price. Like <laughs> all that at minute move on. Yeah. He's just, he's a little bit overpriced. Um, if he was in the five to six K range, maybe you could talk me into it, but yeah, there's not enough strikeout upside for 7,300. Yeah. I mean, Arizona bats here. I mean, if you can get Kettle Marte, this is a this is a big spot for him. I think he has a big game. He had a good game last night too, I believe. Uh, I don't know exactly what he finished it with, but I saw a couple of hits. I think at least I'm not sure if he hit a home run, but yeah, I, I love Marte in this spot. Um, that's really about it. This Christian Walker, totally on board with that one as well. Cheap power there. Um, Probably I'm out on the lefties, decent split from Rogers, like you talked about. So I'm not going to be playing a, a Seth Beer, a Dalton Marshall here, even though they're cheap. Yeah, the only other one that I kind of want to mention here, and I don't feel great about mentioning, but he is always someone that like I look at as a cheap bat against left-handed pitching. I was trying to find him. I can't find him. Hold on. Oh, he's on the IL. That's why I can't find him. Never mind. Uh, I was going to say Nick Ahmed. He's 2,500, but he's on the IL. Um, they're him and so, like, there's two right handed bats that I love in this lineup when you get like good lefties or bad lefties, and it's Luplo and Ahmed. And they're both on the, the IL. Yep. So, <laughs> uh, and that goes back to the whole point of like, this might be a very left handed lineup. But um, Kelly, if you want to pivot off of Collins, I think is very much in play here too. Um, Carson Kelly, a good hitter against left handed pitching. So, yeah, I like that one. Um, the Washington side of this game, if you're not stacking the Yankees, I think Washington is the next best stack on the slate. Um, I mean, they're the, the core, right? Soto Cruz bell, super strong. Um, and then you're just, you're kind of hoping like Ruiz is in the lineup. I mean, I don't love playing Cesar Hernandez, but he's 3,400. So he's super cheap. I mean, I think Washington's in a great spot. Yep, I agree with you. I, I have a ton of interest. I think uh, Juan Soto is probably my favorite hitter on the entire slate. 
no, not price considered, but like, obviously uh, we talked about Rizzo and Gallo and how, how underpriced they are, but just from like a raw point standpoint, I'd take Soto over anyone. Um, like it's Zach Davies. Like he gives up power to both sides of the plate um, a little bit more to the left, to the left side, but I, I love Soto, love Cruz, love Bell. If, if Ruiz is in there, I'm, I'm in on that as well. I like the stack here. Like Davies used to be a decent control guy, but he has just kind of gone downhill. Like he, he doesn't strike anybody out and he struggled with command in the, in the last like year and a couple starts. So uh, I I'm very interested in this Washington team. All right. So let's play the morning grind game and then we'll get out of here. Pitching, I think, is such a priority on this slate. Just kind of looking at like the opportunity costs. Like, I know we mentioned a couple cheap guys that could potentially be in play, but the more I look at this slate, there's just so many good options at the top today. All right, under 8K to get six or more strikeouts. Who do you got? I'm gonna go Hulk. Um, I just I think he faces a little bit of a watered down lineup. You're gonna see Zach Collins in there more than likely. Chapman has a big strikeout rate. I think there's some tri- some strikeouts here in this Toronto lineup that's missing a couple pieces. Yeah, I got to go Jordan Montgomery. Um, I think he's the only other guy that could potentially get six strikeouts on this slate, and he's not a huge strikeout guy. So, I again, like, I think pitching is a priority today. Um, over 8K to score under 15, who's your bust today? Uh, I'm going to go please sack. Low strikeouts against a lot of power. I'm going to go Carlos Carrasco. I really do think that like there's potential for negative like or for regression, not negative anything. I think there's some potential for regression and they're going to throw a lot of lefties at him. You know, looking throughout his career, he's definitely been someone that has been much better against righty. So uh, who's over 4K that's going to go yard today? Give me one Soto. I like that. I'm going to go Kettle Marte. I really like Kettle Marte. He profiles so good in this matchup so i like Kettle Marte a lot uh, under 4k to get two hits uh give me brandon nemo should be leading off against Di stefani who struggles with lefties so i like that spot for him yep like that spot as well um i'm gonna go joey gallo and i'm gonna say at least one of them's a home run so love i it. love this spot for him <laughs> i think this this is the perfect get right spot so uh give me a stack to score six or more runs uh, yeah, I've got Washington here. Um, Davies just isn't the same pitcher that, that he was. I think they put up a big number. Uh, well, I had Washington too. I don't want to go Yankees. Um, give me Carrasco. So give me the Giants. Give me the regression hitting Carrasco. Give me the Giants. I like that. Sneaky. Uh, any bets standing out to you here? Um. I didn't see any like money line spread things that jumped out to me. I, I do like the one you mentioned, Minnesota. Yeah. Um, I will be very interested to see where Kevin Gaussman's strikeouts open up to, because I think there's some strikeout potential uh, here against Boston. There's a couple of guys that I think you, you want to look at strikeout props today for sure. Um, Blackburn is one because he's not a huge strikeout guy. Like in the past, if they're, if he's like four and a half because of like his past, Love that prop over. Um, I want to look at Joe Ryan's strikeout prop on this slate. He's someone that I think could potentially – you mentioned Gaussman. Um, 
I think you have to look at Tanner Houck's strikeout prop depending on that Blue Jays lineup. So if you get a really watered-down lineup and he only has to kind of get around like three guys, you're not playing him in DFS, you know, when you're playing strikeout props. You know, a guy can give up a few runs and still get a strikeout prop. So it's just something to kind of remember. Um, Yeah, and if Granke is anything at like three and a half, I might take the under because he can't figure sure. out anybody anymore. So yeah, great call. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, I do, I do like this Minnesota line. I, I like Minnesota minus one twenty five a lot in this game. I think that's really good value. Um, and it's not usually like oh value at one minus one twenty five. I really do think they should be like one sixty one seventy. So. All right, that's going to wrap it up here for Thursday. Enjoy some day baseball. Everybody loves the day baseball. Um, even people that are listening to this on the way to work and then get to make lineups and watch it while they're working because that's what at-bat is there for. You're, you're hoping for those in-play runs. So good luck, everyone. We'll see you on Friday.